Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. You might remember me. I'm Matt and I'm with... Hey, it's me, Chris. We're back, Matt. We're back. We're back. It seems to have been a long time. I'm sure it hasn't been that long, but it feels ages. It has been a long time. We have been not probably guested to get well guested together on our own as a duo for, for a long time um but yeah it felt right didn't it it felt right to yeah share. let's go back to the basics occasional listeners might be thinking to themselves hold on introduce the other person <laughs> no, yeah. it, it is just us today it's just us well, it's you and i and a little film uh oh. that that uh, was an absolute doozy that's a catchphrase i've not uh, said for a few weeks um <laughs> But yeah, we've been away. It's kind of been difficult, I guess, to, you know, COVID and restrictions and doesn't mean anything to us because we've never met. Well, we've hardly ever been in the same room with, with each other anyway. But um, <laughs> because of the bunker, it's been crazy, hasn't it? It's been a crazy few weeks and months. It feels like. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely did, feels did, right. did, did, did your illness turn out to be the COVID or were you just cold? I've had a I've had a. No, it wasn't the COVID, but we were, there was a testing situation that happened in the household, which came out negative. Um, and I've just had like the worst case of man flu for the last two weeks. Ooh. And I still feel a bit sweaty today, but I'm hoping that the fever dream kind of experience that I had watching this movie will translate into the recording <laughs> of this podcast. Are, are you sure it wasn't, you know, are you sure it wasn't a fever dream instead of actually the film that you watched? Because like, if you start uh, coming out with loads of random bullshit about this film, you're like, mate, that wasn't in the film. <laughs> we don't know. Tripping we balls. Because obviously we never share uh, any of our kind of notes until the big day. Um, no. So we'll soon find out whether I actually physically watched this movie or I dreamt something uh, very similar to it. Well, uh-huh. we'll soon know. But Matt, how have you been? I've been fine. A bit bored, you yeah. know be nice to go out you know if i could but i can't we're inside yeah so there was the locked inside it's not as bad as the first lockdown but it just feels a bit more like i think it's just coming up to that year thing right it's like it feels like it's been a year now it's not far off no and i think the problem is it's it's christmas time so all the things that you would normally do around this time in terms of celebrations, get-togethers, things like that. <clears throat> yeah, you know, my Christmas party, my work Christmas party, man. Yeah. I used to yeah. love my work for Christmas party. Free food, free drink. Yeah. Go fucking mental. Yeah. Get yeah. Dancing to, you know, living on a prayer with a bottle of wine in one oh, hand. Yeah, uh, tie around your t- head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then sleeping on the bathroom floor. I mean, that is... Just one I did. I think I was last. It's a rite actually. of passage. Like, yeah. It's a proper middle age rite of passage. Like it's the like remote, a lot of middle aged people mm. is the one night they got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one uh, night to try and re- replicate those flames of use that they used to burn our ass and our asses is, is 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 taken away from us. And you got all the people at work the next the next sort of following day saying, "God, did you see Matt Jackson? Christ, absolutely <laughs> wasted." I um, um I always make sure I've got the uh the the following week off, <laughs> so that you know all the gossiping is uh is fully fully taking its course and run through. And by the time I swan on back into the office, it's uh it's all old news. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had a go. good wash. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's dispense with the pleasantries. We've got work yes, to do because we have we, important we, serious work. This movie that we're doing today, you would have seen it because it's coming to you on your kind of uh, uh, the title of the podcast is Robert Downey Jr.'s 
Doolittle. Here's the trailer. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, Are you Dr. Doolittle? We have no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Everyone pack your bags! <laughs> I'm unavailable. You can talk to animals. Yes. And what a know, film! Well, we kind of like when this came out, uh, which is about two, two, three weeks ago on Sky as we record it now. It's kind of one of yes. those moments. Go, yes, Doolittle's out. Yes, and, get and, in. <laughs> because I remember when this was uh, when it, well when this was reviewed on the circuit. I think it was pre-COVID. It may have been. Uh, this was in the cinemas. Um, yeah, yeah, last year. Uh, oh, sorry, earlier on this year in January. Yeah, and. It got an absolute pacing because there was, I mean, there's so much wrong with it uh, in terms of like the performance and like stories behind how it was made, production problems, Robbie Downer Jr., you know, literally thinking he could talk to animals going meta, uh, not going meta, but going full, you know, uh, method. Um, but this, watching it with in a situation that I watched it in felt very strange. And now you had a different experience, didn't you? Because you watched it with the kids. Yeah, I think it's important when you're doing these films to potentially put yourself in the in the audience or the frame of mind that they're intended to be in, right? So, you know, if you whack this on and you're pissed out your head on a Friday night, you're not going to particularly enjoy this. But if you, you pop it on a, on a Sunday afternoon surrounded by a couple of kids, then that's kind of where... That's that's where it's aimed, right? That's it's it's aimed at the children with yeah. a little something for the parents. I think you know, throwing an Iron Man in there, something for the uh, for the parents. Wow. But yeah, that, that's kind of its its position in the world. I think 
Yeah, I think the the, the despair and, and mental illness thing is what was thrown in for the for the parents, you know, because <laughs> um, it's definitely a take on Doolittle, which is quite dark, I think, anyway. But it came out in, like I say, January 2020. I had a massive yep. panning. I do the plot synopsis because that's what we're here to do. Yeah, may um, as well. Just to try and separate from the other Doolittle films that are out there. <laughs> yeah. A physician who can talk to animals embarks on an adventure to find a legendary island with a young apprentice and a crew of strange pets. Uh, that's the, the plot synopsis. And it got... Nailed it. Yeah. On IMDb, it got 5.6, which is definitely bunker territory. On... Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of where we see it get a proper panning, uh, it's 13% on the tomato meter, which is a proper splat. <sighs> Interestingly splat. enough, though, Matthew, which we find a lot of time with movies, the swing, though, for the audience score is much higher. This is a 76% on the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes, which is unreal. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which is I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes, but that's crazy. Yeah. So it, the audience that watched this film according to like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, at least, in- enjoyed it. Um, you know, the, the, the statistics speak for themselves. And, but do we feel that maybe in a year where there's been fuck all put out, to be fair, <laughs> like l- nothing, there's been nothing. And um, like, uh, you know, your, your streaming services and uh, your, your kind of sky movies of the world, have caught up, right? There's, there's got nothing left, right? There's this, there's cats, and then there, there's that's all the films that have been in the cinema this year will have been on television, and oh, yeah. nothing good was released. Everything was held back, um, apart from maybe Tenant, right? So, as a big film, I think, and but yeah, nothing was re- released. So, any other year, I think this would have got a f- absolute fucking pasting by both audience and critics. But I think that seventy six percent represents the fact that people have been locked inside with their kids and anything that would keep a kid quiet for an hour was worth its weight in fucking gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The problem with this 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 movie, though, is I think is it is it, it's aimed as a family movie, I can see, definitely, as you yeah. said. There's something, there's something for everybody. Talking animals, farting as well. Farting animals is always going to be a winner. Um, we but, know you love a butt joke, right? It's like yeah, in every it's, film where there's a butt joke, it's like... <laughs> I love it, yeah, because I love butts. But this this one here, they felt like it, they were so, so boring. The fact that I, I can't see how, even if I had watched it with my children, they would, their, their, their level of engagement would have been, would have been there. Because, I mean, my kids watch like 100 mile an hour YouTube videos and stuff like that. And people talking really quickly and things getting done in a very short period of time. Uh, when it comes to movies, it's got to really captivate them to, to, to get them to sit still. And oh, I've yeah. Done... I mean, out of an hour and a half film, if you get an hour out of kids these days, you're doing fucking well. So we yes. did cast because this is probably the most surprising thing about this film, right? Obviously, there's a lot of voice acting in there. In terms of faces on the screen, um, you're going to recognise Robert Downey Jr., obviously. Antonio Banderas makes an appearance. Michael Sheen who's mm. normally amazing, um, Jim Broadbent. After that, you're probably not going to recognise anybody, but then the names, right? The names start coming. Emma Thompson, yeah. Rami Malek, John Cena, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Craig Robinson, Ralph Fiennes, Selena Gomez, Kamal Nanjani, which uh, is the guy from Silicon Valley, right? He's gonna yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah. Does the ostrich voice. Yeah. 
he was um he's great in silicon valley but yeah it's just insane like number like same quality of voice cast is oh marion coutard um it just goes on francis de la tour the thing is about this is you don't ultimately i don't think initially sorry initially you don't recognize the voice i don't think only a couple of the characters that i have to sort of go back into imdb and see i recognize the voice who's doing that some of them really stand out some of them obviously have got very small parts you know like the 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 giraffe or whatever turns up a couple of times uh and that's voiced by um selena gomez i think ralph fines plays the tiger he's in one scene as barry the tiger the sinister tiger the threatening tiger called barry uh you've got you know tom holland was bit in like i didn't really recognize him straight away. i didn't recognize tom holland's voice the dog um john cena weirdly cast as the polar bear i mean john cena just doesn't he doesn't scream polar bear voice act man do you know what i mean <laughs> does he well, i don't he's know like, he's kind of bearish right he's a wrestler I mean, what would you do him as a fucking yeah, squirrel okay fair enough yeah well i just wouldn't um i just wouldn't have had him but remy malik i think works as chi chi the the gorilla with a kind of with, with anxiety issues he he had that that was fine emma thompson as a parrot yes that works yeah uh, recognize absolutely. that voice but yeah uh, uh, lots and lots of other actors doing voices as you say huge the, the, huge cast the, huge, i mean it must have cost a fortune to get these people together yeah and obviously that they wouldn't have never been together but to get these people you know signed up to do this film it was mental absolutely crazy what, what did you think of the production values on this because it it is a good looking movie isn't it is it no because <laughs> <laughs> like some parts of it yeah you go it looks it looks very nice the sort of costumes and some of the um sets are, are very impressive but then some of the cgi looks like harry potter quidditch match it's yeah, it looks like at one point when the um, the young lad, uh, what's his name, Timmy Stubbins, Harry Collett, he, he jumps off a bridge, and it just looks like a really shit video game at that point. Like just not 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 PS five, maybe not even PS four, um, Nintendo Switch type style graphics. It's awful, okay. and there's a couple of bits like that where it's quite obvious, obviously CGI human, and it's now. Nah. No, nah. I mean the animals, generally speaking, running around. I'm guessing most of them are CGI'd, right? So, um, unless they actually managed to a fucking gorilla, <laughs> they're all real. Yeah, um, so they look good, but they obviously just occasionally run out of budget to do like human faces, or they just assumed that the, it would be you know past your screen so quickly that you wouldn't notice. But yeah, well, I, I mean, I there are nice little set pieces and chase sequences. Uh, you know, animals doing animals do fighting each other <laughs> again i'm going to put up on that one animals doing what animals do because there isn't a single fucking animal in this that acts like an animal <laughs> would yeah. yeah it's weird isn't it what 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 bugs me is um okay let's i mean the gorilla about... rami malik plays would just eat someone's face and then fingers and that would be the end of you know yeah because the end of bastards, uh, tommy stubbins characters they're bastards yeah, yeah. God, they are hard. I mean, you always fucking genitals, fingers, and face. That's what they they go for. Yeah, any sort of flapping skin area was just you've got you've got <laughs> you're really in trouble. And when polar bears, they they are the only animals that would uh, it's it is said that will go and deliberately hunt human man. 
or woman human yeah. man <laughs> they they're the, they would actually <laughs> hunt you because they're they're that evil and conniving uh, other animals even if slash they're hungry <laughs> yeah, yeah other animals that are carnivores wouldn't necessarily go would, would attack you to eat you um they would attack you out of fear or whatever but a polar bear i think that's be. fucking unfair about polar bears i mean you think where they live right it's yeah. going to be you know not in the jungle which is verdant with life they're there on an icy plain and all of a sudden mr mcfur tavish starts walking across <laughs> the, the scene there and you're like that looks like i could eat it and then in terms of hunting it, it you just got to follow it you can see for fucking miles there's nothing yeah. there as long as you can hide behind a tree is he well when you're wearing your, your north face uh jacket bright orange salopex, <laughs> yeah you kind of like hmm tasty um <laughs> but yeah he, the, the polar bear co figure this one in particular is is doesn't like the color he wears a hat that's that's you know quaint right jesus um the good, the good character, and oh, we've gone off a tangent again. I knew, I knew we would. We'd Sorry, yeah. With it. No, it's fine. There is a good character, uh, the duck, um, that can't seem to get anything right, and will always bring a leek or a lettuce or some sort of vegetable into the equation. Is that Dab Dab? Is that Octavia Spencer? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's. We can't talk about this movie without talking about the elephant in the room. Although, funnily enough, there was no elephants in this movie. Um, there was. Down, was there? Yeah, there's loads of elephants. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the other got one. got a garden fucking full of them. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Now, he was pro- yes. pro- a producer on this movie as well, so he had a lot to do with getting this made. Now, you think, when you think of a film like Doolittle, Dr. Doolittle, if you will, you think... Dr., you, give him his title. You he want, went to fucking veterinary college, man. You can't just strip that off of him. Veterinary, veterinary. Uh, I got a problem with the with the cows, and you get, fetch me a bucket of warm water, some soap, and a towel. We yeah. know what's happening. Veterinary, veterinary. Um, anyway, Robert Downey Jr. W- can hold a movie like this up, you know, with one hand. He's he's big budget. It's the charisma, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got it so, all. So what the fuck happened? Because right, let's talk. The first thing first is the way they've cast, the way they pitched. Sorry, the character that's. You know, instead of making it a quirky, a quirky character with with some weird character traits, you know, they've made him massively depressed, isolated, uh, withdrawn and Welsh. And so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just an odd thing to do, because, you know, let's let's go back to the, the, the other Dr. Doolittle movies that, that came out with. Um, what's his name? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Harrison. Yeah, well, either either of them. They're classic because these, you know, Eddie Murphy was completely bonkers in it and he was funny, he was charming. The first movie was great, I think, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly recently, or at least last year. And um, it holds up because he's playing it kind of straight but with a quirky kind of side. Whereas, you know, with, with Robert Downey Jr.'s take on it, yeah, this whole kind of lost, forlorn character, it, it just... It, it, it you know it, it's not wasn't I don't think it's an engaging thing to have for children and clearly they set it up with the fact that he's lost his wife um <laughs> she's gone missing uh traveling or whatever and they were mad in love obviously and he's been withdrawn ever since and uh, recluse uh looking after his animal geezers um but then the the you could tell as well Matt the second thing about obviously that's a big issue for me the second thing is the voice and this yeah. mixture of this weird Gaelic, like 
almost Glaswegian stroke Welsh thing that he does. There's clearly an afterthought because the 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 <laughs> live the the talking that he does clearly on screen. Now we know there's a lot of uh, in movies they they overdub pretty much. Yes. I don't ninety percent of all the voice stuff goes gets put on afterwards in the whatever they call it. What do they call it? Pre or post vocal or something like that. It's got like a weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this this is so jarring, so obvious that it takes you out of the movie because you can tell straight away that that, that he's decided later to do something <laughs> with the voice. You know, it's like well, was, I'm um, happy. I made I made one note when I watched this film, and it was just accent. Um, <laughs> Because the accent was so jarring, right? So w- when Robert Downey Jr. starts to speak in this film, my 10-year-old daughter just s- sat up <laughs> with a puzzled look <laughs> on her face. She looked at the television. She looked at me. She looked back at the television. And then she looked at me and was like, what's he doing? <laughs> Why is he doing that? And I'm like, yeah. I'm sure that won't carry on. Because I'm pretty sure I saw a trailer and I don't think I remember hearing this accent. I might be wrong. No, I think they. I think you're right. They kept they kept the voice uh, in the trailer. He doesn't talk a great deal, and I think it's only till the screening started happening for this movie that people go, "Ah, yeah, the voice. We've got to the talk voice. about the voice." Um, and it's like you say, the voice is clearly not from this. Film. It's like it's like um, it's almost like watching Enter the Dragon again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, why why didn't he not just do? Because he's good at accents. He does it well. In like, I, um, I got a theory about this. Yeah. If you look at the visuals of this film, with Robert Downey Jr. in this film and and his past work, I feel that they looked at this and went, "Oh, you've made Sherlock does animals." Yeah, yeah. Because he his mannerisms, the way he looks, kind of mostly, um, and even the sort of depressive, kind of you know, withdrawn genius kind of side of things of, of this character. Um, if he decided to go down the sort of Rex Harrison, because, you know, everyone else in this film is English, so he probably thought to himself, oh, do my English accent. And then it was just like, oh, you've done Sherlock. You've done Sherlock does animals. Yeah, Sherlock, yeah. Sherlock on ice kind of thing. Um, and then probably decided to try and distance from Sherlock by doing, <laughs> like you say, the, what I can only describe as the most jarring audio file I've I've had pleasure of listening and watching at the same time. Mental. It's an odd decision. And I think you, you, you nailed it. I would have thought, I'd, I definitely think they had, they had a conversation when they thought, this is not crazy enough. I know what we can do. Where's that Welsh guy? Let's just copy this Welsh guy's voice. Um, well, maybe it's because he's not going to Michael Sheen, who does a wonderful, uh, hey, he's, I think he's actually Welsh, Michael Sheen. Yes, he is right? indeed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he does great. Um, he does a great Richard Burton impression. And I wonder if, you know, they were out of scene. Him and Robert Downey Jr. were doing Robert Burton impressions, Richard Burton impressions, <laughs> and decided that fuck it, we're just going to put this in the film. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit in, a, in like a Steve Coogan kind of um, Rob Brydon type thing where they were both sat having <laughs> yeah, outdo each other. Trip. Come, come, Mister Bond. Uh, I don't think. I don't. I don't think they understood or realised the gravitas of the, the era, really, because until it was too late. And I think yeah, it's jarring. It's jarring. And, 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 and Robert Downey Jr. is the kind of guy that probably it's very difficult in terms of studios and people to say no to because he holds probably quite a lot of weight uh, wherever he goes. And so maybe no one said to him, do you know what? Just stick with the Sherlock Holmes thing, because 
that it doesn't matter. This is a kid's family movie. No one's going to pull you up on it. I mean, just just do that. And he was like, no, no, I've been method with this for a long time. <laughs> no, no. Well. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you. That's a bit, that was weird. Um, but yeah, scent of a woman almost. Um, well, yeah, so that that's the that's the biggest problem, and everything else kind of pales into significance in, in, compared to that. I think. Yeah, I mean the, the plot's fucking nonsense. Um, the pacing oh. of the film is awful. This whole island thing—you get to the last ten minutes. You get to the last ten minutes, and suddenly they get to the island, and they just throw a fucking dragon in there. <laughs> well, this this the you're right. This is kind of MacGuffin situation where they have to go somewhere to find a special exotic fruit. In order to, to cure the queen, right? Who's because she's going to die in an eclipse. I don't understand that yeah, fucking absolute, plot point either. Absolute bollocks. And he's the only guy that can do it. Um, is it because it's a deadly nightshade? They thought to themselves, when it, when's it the most shadiest of all shades? <laughs> and like, surely if you're going to poison someone, just fucking poison them. Don't poison them with a time limit to it. Go right. Oh. I've given them that poison. Okay, why aren't they dead? Oh, uh, it's not been an eclipse yet. What are you talking about? Well, I'll give her that yeah. poison that only works in an eclipse. Yeah. So when's the next eclipse? Oh, it's about six months from now. Oh, for God's sakes. We've got lots they're going to be fine till then. No, no, no. They're going to be really ill until then and then die on the day. It's just the worst poison in the world. Yeah, it's just, well, it's almost just like watching, binging on some of the worst Netflix series because you because you, you can't <laughs> stop because, you know, you have to see it through to the end. It's like Lost. It's like watching Lost. You're kind of in it for the first couple of seasons, but you have to see it through to the end. It's six months down the road because you've started to binge it. You're dying slowly <laughs> as it kind of reaches its crescendo. The biggest so problem... So what kind of time frame is this over? Does Is there any kind of indication of actually how much song is because obviously this is set in olden times where they go on boats and shit so like yeah. anything like oh, i'm just going to pop to the shop to get some milk how long are you going to be probably two weeks <laughs> no it's a voyage and a half to get some decent semi-skimmed milk these days <laughs> but i think it's i think it's set over a, a decent period of time because they, okay, they have to go to this place to get that thing to get this thing and then there's this weird section in the middle where they go and see Anthony literally Banderas. take years in this day and age <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and years the thing is well with the casting as well just to go back when they go to this other mysterious island to get a book in order for them to find the second part of this journey malarkey thing antonio banderas turns up as a baddie and he is he is the father of robert downey jr's missing wife okay and so they are like the same fucking age and so how, <laughs> how, how no wonder he's unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just, yeah, there's this, that whole middle section with Barry the Tiger is just complete bollocks. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on one thing because you, you mentioned it earlier on, which was the dragon at the end. So oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're leaping ahead a bit. I think it's, it's fine. Okay. It's suffice to say in this movie, there's, there's a lot of, um set pieces which are not very exciting but the 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 crescendo of this movie if you like they kind of everything's been building up to them finding the special fruit that's on this island in this cave and so yeah we're we're teased with that with that premise and and there's lots of swashbuckling going on there's there's goodies and baddies (laughs) fighting for the fruit but the dragon's introduced now you'd think that the dragon versus the animals their cunning their wit the enemy michael sheen and his his bunch of uh, soldiers and whatnot there would be a big 
fight off. And there is, there's kind of a, a like a, a bit of a fighty thing. But the, the crescendo of this movie is, bear in mind, Francis de la Tour, recently deceased, one of the best, biggest acting actors of this country, or of, 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 of the world, basically, and what she's done on screen and television and everything, voices this dragon. And she's reduced to having stuff pulled out of her butt by a leak, with a leak, sorry. Yes. I mean, so in terms of the crescendo I don't even of know this how that movie, works. They, he, instead of her, she's cross and angry and protective of the fruit, only because she's got a blocked colon. That's what I can, that's all I can deduce it. Well, and as soon as he can identify that, and as soon as he knows, he knows that, dragons. Yeah, he, and he can talk dragon, he uses a leak. He uses a leak. Not, leak. not a bucket of warm water and a towel and some soap, right? Like you would yeah. as a vet. He uses a leak as a prop, as a tool to remove <laughs> blockages from her butt. Yeah, I got confused by this thing because a, a the, <laughs> well, it, it's strange to pull apart a scene which features a it's bunch of talking to pull apart a dragon's butt and a dragon, but pull apart <laughs> it, I did. In the sense that, like, so the premise was obviously is that there that, that was something she had bad. This is why she, but <laughs> so come on, you need it. Try and try like, and figure this I, out, mate. I can't because it's so, and, and this is just 10 minutes of the film, and then the last 10 minutes of the film. So the purpose of this dragon, surely to goodness, right, is to, to defend the fruit, right? Yeah. Regardless of arse-based blockages. <laughs> She's there to defend the fruit, stop people getting it to, so they can't, you know, uh, holy grail it, live forever kind of fucking thing, right? So that's her purpose, regardless of butts <laughs> and shit yeah. stuck in her butt. Um, the other problem is, is like, this is meant to be this magical, mysterious, mysterious kind of never found island and yet she's got bagpipes stuck in her asshole. The How did they get the, there? <laughs> the bagpipes are the final straw. I mean, yes, because that, that was, I think, the last of the blockages that were removed uh, from a part. Also, yeah, that, those bagpipes looked like you could eBay them. They were clean, weren't they? They were clean. Everything was clean that came out of that dragon's bottom. This is the thing. That, that's, this is what I don't understand. It's kind of like, it, surely if she's been there, she's an ancient dragon. There would have been some kind of decay, uh, some kind of residue, but no. But, but for what it appears to me is there's just a, a fucking procession of people coming to that place. It's not secret at all. It's like the <laughs> beach in the beach. And when you get there, there's four thousand other people there that have also discovered the beach. <laughs> in, in that there's just a queue of people waiting to get eaten by this dragon, who's yeah. apparently only eating people because she's got something stuck in her butt. So I don't know what came first. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It, 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 this is the thing for me. It felt like you know there was no defeating, there's no cunning wit of anything. They didn't like it. Wasn't like in, in Lord of the Rings or um, the Hobbit where they they trick some of the beasts and stuff to for, to do stuff for them. You know, and it's no. like cunning. And it, it was literally a leak involved. There was a leak involved, and uh, as a, as a as a tool to remove stuff from someone's anus and, and a and, fart. And, yeah, and then once. Once that was it, she was fine, happy, and uh, changed color. She went from red to blue. <laughs> it's the ultimate indicator. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> red is angry. <laughs> um, yeah, so they get the fruit, they go back home, and they then thwart, uh, or a stick insect basically uh, helps helps everybody, and an and a octopus help uh, point the finger to the real villain, which was Michael Shannon's, Michael Shane, sorry. Uh, right, actually, whilst we're here, I'm going to Google something, okay? Can you Michael Sheen. bear with me? I did it wrong <laughs> three times, Michael I got his name wrong. <laughs> Hold on, bear with me. Furious tapping there. Furious tapping. Right. A stick insect. A stick. This is this is the, the bug. <sighs> this is the bug that Robert Downey Jr. left in the room um, to hide on a picture frame. Pray and hope that the bad guys would have a conversation in front of the, the picture frame, which, by the way, is at the foot of the fucking queen's bed that they've poisoned. Nonetheless, yeah. it pans out um, and... They do have a conversation in front of the stick insect. As we've mentioned, right? So bear in mind, this is ancient times. It takes 12 months to get to your local shops. They've gone to a magical island and via another island. So unless those magical islands is very close to each other. So they've gone to one island, off to another island, and then from there back again, obviously stopping to replenish food, water, etc., because it was a lengthy old journey. Yeah, a stick insect has a lifespan of twelve months. Yeah. Now, unless that fucking stick insect was born the <laughs> day that he put it on the fucking photo frame, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, that's not long, is it, to live at all for any animal? Oh, for an insect, yeah, I suppose that's fairly normal. But yeah, he. And also, that they they they've kind of got a relationship quite quickly of trust. That you know he's going to put that stick insect on that picture frame and say, "Right, well, wait there." Well, no, wait I've only got twelve months to live. No, no, just wait there. Oh, God, I mean, I've got things to do. I've got a life to live. You sat on my bed, and uh, no, I no, regret nothing. <laughs> he comes back and says, "So anyway." And the next thing, the next scene is when the uh, the stick insect just does like this uh, Oscar-worthy kind of death scene. <laughs> Kind of, I'm coughing. coughing yeah. Good sign. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Now that you said that, that one asshole. Uh, what asshole? Yeah, the worst possible life. That. So do you think? Do, do you think this this movie has got any redeeming features? I mean, did your kids enjoy it ultimately? Because there's it. Um, I mean, after they got over the shock of the voice, um, they, they didn't mind it. It had for them. It had enough. I think the. The one thing they, they kind of really enjoyed was um, Craig Robinson's Kevin the Squirrel. Yeah. Uh, they thought he was funny because he was, you know, he had a, a, an ongoing kind of uh, vengeance plot with um, Henry Collette, Tommy Stubbins, the young right. boy who shot yeah. him. Um, and would occasionally say, say things. I mean, it went too far, I think, a few times, but the kids obviously didn't pick that up. They're, they're happy for things to go too far. So they live their life one too <laughs> yeah. far at a time. Um, <laughs> so, they, yeah, they, 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 but eventually they were bored. It, it runs out of steam really quickly. Yeah, it's boring. Um, it's just it's just a bit dull. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything redeeming about it. I, and the things I love, these Sunday afternoon films, these are, you know, they don't have to be great. 
You kind of, you know, the, uh, the Steve Coogan's around the world in 80 days kind of thing was good. I liked it. I mean, I don't even mind League of Gentlemen, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You know, pop yeah. that on the right time of day. It's it's all right. And that's awful. <laughs> it's proper awful. So I think Sunday afternoon, Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, just either before roast or just after roast is kind of like the most forgiving time you can watch a film. And yet I you found this slightly you, unforgivable. You're kind of not really with it. If you've eaten a lot, you, you're kind of in a bit of a stupor anyway. Yeah, you're falling in and out of consciousness. You Things are flashing before your eyes. Yeah. You want to see a little joke. The meat sweats. Yeah. I mean, and to put it into perspective, like this this weekend, we um, the, at the same kind of point after a roast on the sofa, we watched Home Alone 2 and had a, a wonderful time. Yes, and it just goes to show, doesn't it? Some some movies you can put on, wow, they're just timeless, enjoyable uh, classics. And this this kind of was definitely what they wanted. They wanted to make something that potentially could have been a sequel spawner, you know? Because there's no reason yeah. why you can't go on adventures and introduce other animals, exotic animals from different countries, maybe. You know, Ooh. A new cast, some of the old favourites. Ask John Cena to come back. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I will. I love doing that. Remy Malik, hello. Would you like? Yes, I loved being Chi Chi. Tom Holland, no, thank you. I'm Spider Man. I can't. I'm going time. <laughs> I can't uh, do this stuff. The time to this. Uh, Ember Thompson, okay. First time was a favor. This time I, I'll need a little bit more money. And then they get other actors in uh, to do the other, as I say, other animals. And you, before you know it, you've got a, a, a franchise. You've got a, a massive franchise. The problem is Robert Downey Jr. was not the person to, to, to spearhead this franchise. He's too dull. Too serious, too melancholy, too recognizable, right? As well, it's yeah. They needed. A, a I mean, quirky, it, it, his accent's jarring, but the fact that it's Robbie Downey Jr. You're like, oh, it's Robbie Downey Jr. They needed a younger, quirkier actor, like or a younger comedian, someone that could have could have done the voice because the crazy voice stuff he does, which is a nice touch. So you know, he starts talking to him in in like trills and barks and stuff, and then it warps into them speaking English to each other. Now, I thought that was quite a nice take. But someone with, like, someone like Bill Hayer. Hayder? Bill Hayder. Bill Hayder. You know who I mean? The kind of um, yeah, SNL comedian. You know, someone who's got a good vocal kind of delivery, someone who's quirky and a comedian who could have probably, you know, would have done something quite different with the, with the role. Anyway. Yeah, Farrow him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, even that would have been better. Listen, we, hey, some people... You can't say that, not after... Fucking Holmes. Yeah, you could imagine it would have been like a really crappy Holmes thing. I reached out on Twitter. A couple of people came back and they said, uh, you know, have you seen this movie? What did you think of it? Uh, a friend of the podcast, Gareth Morgan, said, the worst film I've ever seen made, wow. Batman, and Rob made Batman and Robin look like Citizen Kane, which is uh, uh, interesting uh, take on it. Um, and um, our other friend of the podcast, Craig Stevens, he said, I watched it three times for work. I say it watched, I mean, I sat through. So yeah, <laughs> imagine working in, in the movie kind of um, journalist world and having to physically see this movie. Three times. Three times. And then having to probably potentially interview people and say nice things to them about it. having knowing it's just an absolute stinker, which happens on the sort of uh, on the circuit. But then sometimes they don't like review them, do they? They just say, no, we're not, we're not going to talk to anybody on the press tour. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure what happened on the press tour for this, but you know, you can imagine. 
it would have been quite embarrassing for everybody. But yeah, well, that's. I guess that's it. I mean, have you got any other crazy notes about this? Because you're the note taker. No, you haven't. No, I, I, I literally <laughs> wrote accent down. I, that was the. That was it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what else can you say about Doolittle? I mean, it's seventy-six percent of people like it, though. That's the thing. Seventy-six. That's 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 the audience score, and it's it's out there. It's like as I say, I, I would I would hazard a guess that in a different year, this film may not have received quite so much love, but. People like it. I, t- I spoke to the Kragus, um, and he he wasn't totally against this film. He believed it's heart to be in the right place, um, but he, I, I think he, even for that, it, it's it's a bit too dark. He's a bit too maudlin, and I know he lost his wife, but his wife was doing something she loved to do. Yeah, he, d- he didn't have to stop being a vet, Dick. No, no. Well, he gets back to some sort of normality at the end of the movie, doesn't he? he doesn't does do quite well. So, yeah. Matt, it, it, that's it. Let's put Doolittle to bed. Let's uh, let's euthanize <laughs> Doolittle. Let's uh, uh, tranquilize him or, or just put him down. Let's put that band down. Off and to the pet cemetery. And whilst he's gone, all the animals turn on each other and uh, go back to their old ways and, and just you know rip yep. each other to pieces. And it's a bloodbath in that fucking zoo place. I tell you. The, yeah, the gorillas just awesome. got a mouthful of dicks and faces by the time he comes <laughs> he's out. <gone> <laughs> Yeah, and there's just, you know, one deranged ostrich wandering around going, what's happening? <laughs> that's a, that's a, dark, a dark way to that's end it. pretty dead. Um, you've got a quiz for me. I have, right. So uh, fans of the podcast fan of the podcast um <laughs> out there m- m- must remember occasionally occasionally we do um plot keywords where when we're after reviewing a film we um delve into imdb and find the plot keywords uh for the film that we're reviewing um and they're quite often obscure and sometimes um heavily kind of uh breast focused <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> definitely um in that in that frame of form so i thought to myself it would be nice around this christmas time because we all you know we can all play games and maybe even over a zoom link you could play a game with a friend that um i have invented a game hallelujah um and the game <laughs> the game is uh guess the film by the plot keywords now admittedly i might have to work on the title <laughs> of this film but you had, I... you've literally had weeks to work on the title you can't work on the title anymore <laughs> That is the title. <laughs> that is the title. Guess the film by the plot keywords. Christmas edition. Um, so uh, in this segment, what I'll be doing is I've picked a Christmas film. Um, and it's not it's none of those obscure bullshit ones, Hallmark ones, you know, 17 kisses has never been fucked kind of. Um. <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> it's my favourite Christmas film. It'll be one that, you know, um, most, if not uh, everyone has seen. Um, and uh, there'll be 10 points on offer to Chris. Um, I will uh, give him uh, ever decreasingly obscure plot keywords, um, direct from IMDb, not made up by myself, direct from IMDb, to see if he can guess the cool. film that I have picked for him. Right. It's only- and as I say, it's, it's nicely, it's Christmas-based. And you could do this at home. You could do this with your family over Zoom. You could play this game uh, amongst yourself if uh, you have some cinema files amongst the, the you sold it to me you sold it to our listeners okay. <laughs> hit me weekly number one okay 
Are you going to have some music behind this, Matthew? Some Christmassy. Oh yeah, music? there's going to be some Christmas That's tunes funny. playing as we speak. Some, you know, non-offensive Christmas. Okay. Right. Um, let's go. We're, let's start with plot keyword number one. Quite vague. Don't hate me. It's act of kindness. Ooh, wow. I mean, most Christmas movies will have an act of kindness in them, so that... that... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that one. No, it's, it's fine. Unless it's... Well, even Bad Santa would probably have an act of kindness in it. Um, yeah, it does, does. Yeah. Well, then it's we're going to have to have a that. second clue. So that's ten. Now I'm down to ten, nine, nine. Um Falling from height. The Happening? That's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, falling from a height. Ah, ah. I think I know what this might be, but I don't want to ruin it. Now, is it? If I get this right, you get nine points, and this game's a sham. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It's a wonderful life. It is not a wonderful life. Ah, you have not okay. ruined the game. Okay, because you see, I went there. Back to yeah. Pinus, definitely, and he falls, he jumps off a bridge. Or we see someone yeah. jump off a bridge. That's true, yeah. Okay. Okay, so next keyword okay. conflict with neighbour. Ah, now then, conflict with now. neighbour. It's got to be National Lampoon, isn't it? No, it is not National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. That's the, the Christmas oh, vacation. Right, I have to think about this. I, I know that I wasn't thinking already. Conflict with a neighbour. Is this a well-known Christmas movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Home Alone. How many guesses are you going to have on this particular point? Sorry, okay. Is it one guess per point? One guess per point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. okay. Um, I'm going to have to go slightly less. Okay. Four-word title. Four-word title. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Um, Start counting. Uh, I think it could be the Santa <laughs> Claus. <laughs> no. But you can see yeah. two, the Santa Claus 2. It's not the Santa Claus 2. But you can see where Which, I went there. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you went there. Um, more title-based facts. Male name in title. Male name in Miracle on 34th Street. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a man's name. I, <laughs> Just ruling that one out now in my head. Man's name in title. Man's name in title. What point are we on, by the way? I can't really remember. Uh, Seven? One, no, one, six. six. Yeah. Six or five. Man's name in title. God, people are screaming at their iPods right now. <laughs> um, uh, God, what could this be? Is it F Fred? Fred Claus, the movie. Is it Fred, Fred Claus, Claus, the, the movie? movie. It is not Fred Claus the movie. This is going oh. very well for me. <laughs> okay. okay. Claus the movie. Right. We'll, we'll okay. start to get a bit more obvious now and in very typical IMDb keywords. Bikini. Of course. Of course there's a bikini. Oh, God. I don't know this. You I do know, know this. Gremlins the movie with John. <laughs> 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 um, Gremlins the movie with John. <laughs> That's not even four. <laughs> <laughs> God, 
Oh my god. Right, right. so films. Okay, so there's a bikini in this movie. Is it. So it, could it be a, an adulty type movie? Right. Or not a necessary family movie? So Chevy shows out the window. That's got an obvious. He has a fight with his neighbor and he falls from the roof. I mean, everyone kind of falls off a roof. I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying you the fact that National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation fits yeah. everything that we've said thus far, and yet it is not that film. Yeah. And they'll say, but yeah, because it's got a name in it, but it's got a man's name. Is it a man's name? Uh, I can't remember what the fuck. <laughs> I think that was maybe a thing, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to have the next one. All right. Uh... Botox. Fuck what? Botox. <laughs> Botox. This is not. A, this is not a kids' Christmas movie. It, it, well, it's a family one. Botox. Botox. This is hard, and I thought it would be. I thought I had this on like nine. We're at like four now. You thought you was gonna ruin it for me. Botox bikini. Is this four-word title? That's the hardest thing. With a man's name or a name in it? It's going to be something I'm going to kick myself. This is a good quiz. Not for me, but it's good for you. Okay, next clue. Next clue. Um, I'm trying to find ones that will actually help you out now. Snowman. Ah, right. Snowman. I think this is... I know what this is. Now, I don't know the name of the film. Is it Michael Keaton? No. Okay. But that's (laughs) That's Jack Jack Frost. Frost. And Jack Frost the movie. I can't, you can't just add the movie on the end of the guess. Across the movie. That, I'm, I'm sure he falls from a great height. There's Botox potentially in there. Um, but I mean, any film with a, with a Hollywood actor, then it will probably have Botox in it. Uh, God, this is hard. Right. Next but the scene. Botox is an actual scene in the bikinis. It's an actual, like, a scene in this film. So it's not like the characters are, like, it's a I thing. I haven't seen this movie. I'm sure you have. What if I haven't? Then <laughs> this is a sham. <laughs> then I should. My thing is, if it's a Christmas movie that I would know, then I, would, I should know. That at least I could have, should have got it from this, from some of that. Fucking hell! <laughs> what was that last one? No. Uh, what was the last clue? Snowman was the last snowman, one. Snowman. 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 Think of a snow, not like an actual snowman. But like a, a decoration snowman. Uh, is this a film we've done in the bunker? Don't think so. Okay, so it's not that one. Okay, I, I need another clue. Let's Family see. character name in title. It's got to be National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation. It's not, it's not. Christmas with the Cranks. Christmas. Yes! Oh, I've never seen it. <laughs> You've never seen seen Christmas with the Cranks. Who's in it? Tim Allen. Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, and... um, uh, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis, Dan Aykroyd, M.M.M. Walsh. It's got the lot in it. Cheech Martin. It's got the the kid from Malcolm in the Middle in it. Jake Boosie's in it, for fuck's sakes. I haven't seen this film, and I'm I'm absolutely appalled that... How have you not seen Christmas with the Cranks? Is it good? No, but it's a Christmas film, right? So it doesn't have to be good. It just needs no, to no, be. No, no, I was just wondering whether it was it was one that I needed to see because obviously, you know, uh, I, I've, I've what's the, what's the rain life. 
it's 5.4 go in the bunker as a first as a first outing for this christmas quiz uh, goes that was pretty good yeah, I thought, I mean, I was there, you know, you know what it was like, you start looking at these words, and I was like, these are all really obvious. No. And I thought as soon as we've got to sort of names and titles, and um, especially Bikini, because Jamie Lee Curtis runs out in a bikini at one point in, in front of the, the, the vicar. Of course she does. <laughs> the priest. <laughs> of course she does. Um, yeah. No, yeah. There you go. There you go. So do, are you... Fr- are I you, thought, yeah. Are you going to throw down the gauntlet then and say, right, I have yeah. to think... So on the next episode of the Movie Bunker podcast, when we do the uh, the biggest film of all time, um, that cannot shall cannot be named or cats, uh, cats when, as it is named, you can pick the genre as long as you okay. nail it down to a genre. I don't mind if it's not a Christmas film because you know this would be in the New Year, yeah, so New Year so, kind of thing, sports films or thriller, horror, whatever. Or it could well be you know a, a New Year's a New Year fr- uh, film. You know, about New Year's because it's only about two or three of them that might be. <laughs> Is there like uh, New Year and uh, that's it? Well, great, great idea for a quiz. Uh, yeah, probably would have worked a, a lot better with someone who was knowledgeable on films and movies, <laughs> or at least seen Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> well, I mean, th- there you go. There's your Sunday sorted. You can watch Christmas with the Cranks. It's a uh, heartwarming well, film where uh, the Cranks decide not to host a Christmas party. Um, and at the last moment, um, their daughter comes, is, decides to come back um, to the home and they have to quickly put together a, uh, a Christmas dinner and party, etc., to welcome home their daughter. Um, but they have alienated their neighbours in the meantime, um, particularly Dan Aykroyd. But yes, it's a heartwarming Christmas film. I should watch that now. I have time. <laughs> uh, you've sold it to me. Well, it's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure to get him back in the bunker. I mean, it's I like what you've done with the place, i.e. nothing. Uh, it looks exactly as, it, as, it, as I left it. Uh, Is that tinsel up there? I mean, it's tiny. a cobweb with glitter in it, but fundamentally that's tinsel. It's still a bit damp. It's not doing my chest any good. Um, but but hey, hey, listen, it keeps us out of trouble. And uh, at Christmas time, it's all about trouble in the olden household. I know that. What about you? Um, yeah. But this is the best part of the podcast. So Oof. we're going to see you again very soon because we're going to be doing uh, Cats. Because Cats is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Cats, Cats is coming is to coming. Sky Movies on Boxing Day of all days. So we're going to have an absolute treat uh, and watch that. And we're going to... This is the movie that we've always wanted to do. You know, two or three years ago, we could. We, this is what we, we've been working towards in our careers in the movie bunker is Cats. You know, we want full cat a-hole I want the un-CGI version. I want to see full, full cat assholes. Cat, cat ass. Um, in the meantime, if you, you know, if you fancy supporting the the Movie Bunker podcast, we have a Ko-Fi page which allows you to buy us a coffee. It's three quid. It's like a one-off thing if you have enjoyed it over the three years. Uh, you can do that, or you can follow us on social media because we're there tweeting very seldomly, but we're there anyway. And if you uh, and like the podcast and you want to write a review and leave a five-star rating and and all that jazz do that on apple because it really helps um and we've got a website i remember this it's all coming back to you matt we've got a website all good is, uh www.moviebunkerpodcast.com and it's a lovely website on there you see everything you see us pictures of us the story of us 
um and you've got all the episodes and where you can follow so that's just your one-stop shop for all things movie bunker and uh <coughs> this is the best part of the podcast because it's where we try to say goodbye to you all without sounding uh, like we're falling off a cliff well the, the biggest trouble you've had recently is not sounding like the two ronnies so, so at least you're winning me. that <laughs> Fuck off. so it's goodbye from me hello there and it's goodbye from you matthew <laughs> <laughs> happy christmas everyone yes merry christmas happy holidays and everything of all denominations you, peace to you all boy. people you boy there you you here's a here's a penny go and get you me boy, a what day is it <laughs> give me a goose young fellow a big fat plump one a big plump goose ah we should be having goose for dinner um see, see you later Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh.